Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Great. Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Matthew, Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read from Matthew's Gospel this morning and continue obviously on this theme this time of year it's so special to just be reminded of the way that our savior Jesus came into the world and I thought Jill did an incredible job speaking last week that that uh that awesome message did you get my message from Luke chapter 2 which was incredible but in Matthew chapter 2 there's a visit that happens And the visit is the wise kings, they're coming to see Jesus. And I'm going to pick it up here in chapter 2 and verse 1. We'll have it behind me on the wall. If you haven't got your Bibles, that's okay this morning. But it says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. In verse 7 it says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, And ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may, may may come to him and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it, when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I want to preach a message this morning, this Christmas Sunday, with this title, Something to Get Excited About. If you're looking for a title of the message this morning, you can write it down in your notes. Something to get excited. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm excited today. Come on, we can do better than that. Turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm actually excited to talk to you this morning. (laughs) Jovial atmosphere in church this morning. Something to get excited about. Let's pray, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for the power of your word, Father. Thank you that it's your breath on a page. Father, thank you that when we look at your word, it changes us, it shapes us, it molds us, it helps us, Lord. Thank you that it always speaks life, it brings life, God. Holy Spirit, help illuminate the scriptures to us today. Help us to take something out of this message and apply it. Lord, we thank you for Colonial Kids and that awesome display this morning, Father. Thank you that you're raising up mighty believers in the kingdom, Father. 
through the kids' ministry of our church. Lord, we thank you for that. And Father, we pray for everything that's going on. In Jesus' name, amen. So this story is about visiting wise men. And I want to talk a little bit about this this morning. This has always been a story that's kind of perplexed me. It's always perplexed me in a way because why would these guys, why would these particular wise men come and adore Jesus, come and find a child? Why would God want this in our Bibles? Why would the Holy Spirit ensure that in the Gospel of Matthew, this is right there? I want to talk specifically about this particular journey that these wise men went on because in a, in a, in a kind of a similar way, we're also on a journey in life, wouldn't you agree? That we're on a pilgrimage. Life is, is described in the scriptures as like a pilgrimage. It's not like we sort of just arrive at our destination. No, this journey called following God, it's like a pilgrimage. It's like a journey. And that's, that's what, exactly what these guys were doing. They were on a journey. One of my favorite Christmas carols is the one that we finished singing uh, this morning in worship, which is, um, O Come All Ye Faithful. Does anyone else love that song? It's just so beautiful. It's so awesome. I want to read some of the, the words that, that are in that song. It says, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem, which is what the wise men did. And it says, come and behold him. Whenever you see that word in Scripture, behold, it sort of means like, wow. You know, like, wow. Or to bring it up to modern day language, it's like, awesome. Like, Wow. That's incredible, awesome, wow. And it says in this very, I love this ancient song, this old song that we're singing, it says, come and behold. Like say, wow, it's Jesus. Wow, this is Jesus. Born the King of angels, oh come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. There's even something incredible in that sense today. And what Christmas Sunday or this moment today right here represents for us as believers is this sort of this journey that we take on Christmas Sunday morning. We, we journey to, to be in church. We journey, we come along, we come to worship Jesus. On a Sunday morning at Christmas time, we come to be with friends. We come to be with family. We come to be here. And it's a sense of that's kind of what we're supposed to do. I believe that's one of the reasons it's in this gospel is because in a sense, like, this is what we're supposed to do with our lives. We're supposed to come and worship Jesus. We're supposed to come and adore Jesus. We're supposed to come and, and just marvel at the goodness of God personified in Jesus. Can I get a witness in church this morning of how awesome that is? But it's something to get excited about. It's something to get pumped up about. We can get pretty pumped up in life, can't we? I recently saw a pastor, this was probably like a year ago, posted a picture on social media of, of someone at a football game, and it was obviously, you know, in the Midwest or up north somewhere, which, you know, we need to pray for them because they don't have our weather. <laughs> but it was a picture of a family, or just like a, 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 maybe a dad with his kids, I can't exactly remember, but it was this picture of this, this dad at a football game covered in snow. I don't know if you remember that. It was just, it kind of went viral and everyone was just, and this pastor posted this picture and he said, you're trying to tell me you can't come to church? 
yet you'll go and sit and watch your team lose in the middle of a snowstorm. But it's something amazing that we can get excited about today because this is what we should really get excited about. Is what we're reading about here and what these, these foreign kings, these wise uh, magi were, were, were coming to see. And I want to, just a few things about this journey that these guys took. You might not know, but I just want to let you know what they were. But these were foreign kings. These were people that didn't have the Bible. These were people that didn't understand uh, God the way that the Jewish people did, which is what makes it almost more amazing. This was also a very long journey that they took. This was a long journey. Some scholars believe that it was about a thousand miles um, at that time, which would have taken roughly between eight to nine months to journey towards uh, to, to, to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, to ask the question, where is Jesus, and to eventually find Jesus. But it was up to nine months, some scholars believe. I don't know how long it's taken you on some of your journeys. I mean, to get from here to Australia, it takes a long time. But it doesn't take nine months. This was a long time. And it was also a significant undertaking for them to even do this. This was like a life or death mission. This was like a life or death mission. This wasn't a normal thing. It's not like they just jumped on 95 put cruise control on and put their favorite podcast on and just said, let's go find Jesus. This was a precarious mission. This was something that actually would have been a significant undertaking. It wasn't like taking a Europe uh, trip in, in the winter or going to Colorado in the winter. This was actually a serious journey. Some scholars believe that this probably would have been the biggest journey of their lives, i.e. a once-in-a-lifetime deal. A once-in-a-lifetime thing. But these particular foreign kings, wise men, magicians, scholars from the East, these guys weren't just people that had money. These, people, these were people of significant reputation. They were of significant reputation. They were considered to be the most current, up-to-date thinkers of the time, the smartest people of the day. They were the most socially high in their part of the world. From Persia, they were, they were probably considered in terms of, of social status, they were, they were the social elite. Another way to think about it, that these guys were the wealthy intelligentsia of the day. These were the most highly regarded people where they were from. And yet they took a journey that was a life or death journey, once in a lifetime, they may, may not have made it, took them nine months, a thousand miles to come and see a baby. They were excited about something. Why would they come so far? Why would they do this? Why would they get so excited about this? Why, when you are that smart, visit a child that can't even speak to you? Why would you come and see a child that you can't debate the latest wisdom with? You can't talk to the child about revelation, about what the latest thing is that's out there that you could consume and become smarter and, and better by. This child can't offer wisdom, can't add to your thinking, can't one-up you with logic or money, but there's something to this. They were excited about this. They knew that this was a big deal. But today, what would cause three independent, smart, wealthy, established, put-together kings 
to do this. And I believe because they understood something massive was taking place. And it's pretty awesome. I believe they were captivated by the idea that God would send his son. That God would send a savior to be born king of the Jews. They wanted to see it for themselves. They wanted to see it for themselves. They knew because of their own understanding, if you go back and study it, there was, there's a lot of biblical history that, that they would have received parts of information that would have you know, formed their, their construct and understanding theologically of what was taking place. But these guys, they didn't even have Bibles. They didn't have Jewish scriptures, which is why they went to Jerusalem first and they said, where is this king born of the Jews? And then they pointed them to, to Bethlehem because it was the Jewish people that had the scriptures, but they had their own understanding that this was a massive deal. This was going to be a big deal. But here's the point this morning. I believe for your own life, just like the wise kings, Jesus Christ is something to get excited about. Jesus Christ is something to get excited about. Something to be fired up over. To to be marveled at. See, the gospel today, it's sort of, in our world, it almost seems like some people just push it aside. But I believe the reason that we read these scriptures is because God wants us to understand this isn't something you should put aside or treat casually. This is a massive deal. This is absolutely once in a lifetime. This was a life or death mission, but it was totally worth it. Why? Because Jesus is totally worth it. Jesus is someone and something to get excited about. So I wanted to give us three points this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, but drawing from this passage in Matthew 2, but what, what, what does all this mean? Well, I've got three thoughts for us this morning. And number one, it's simply this. Jesus is our adoration. See, he's our adoration. Why did the wise kings go and adore Jesus? It's because he's worthy to be adored. He sh- we should adore Jesus. He should be our adoration. I love that we can sing that song, Oh, come, let us adore him. Adore him. I wonder today what you adore in life. You know, there's many things that I personally, I adore. I adore my wife. I adore my kids. I adore my family. I adore mountain men on the History Channel. (laughs) But there's lots of things in life we can adore, that we can pour out our adoration towards. This is what adoration means or where it finds its meaning. It means to worship to express reverence and homage. In verse 11, it says, when they, when they got there, they went into the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother. Look at this. And it says, and they fell down and worshiped him. We read that so casually. We read that so casually and say, oh, that's, that's nice. It's just sort of like, oh, they got down because it's a baby and because the baby's small and it's just good to, you know, it's the, it's the polite thing to do, right? You just get down because you want to get, you know, you want to be nice and polite. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't anything like that. See, if you study it, this wasn't just a gentle kind of drooping down, just getting down a little bit low for a baby. This is like a violent falling down. In the Greek, it talks about how it's like, it's like shattering glass, the way they just drop to the ground. They adored him. They couldn't believe it. They were just blown away. This was like a violent, accentuated, visibly expressive, emotional worship of a king. 
that they saw to be so much greater than them. See, it's amazing when we worship Jesus and we hold him in that kind of regard, what it does to our own worship, what it does to our own posture. See, I believe in life, what we've got to be very careful of is not to to forget about this and not to stay low when it comes to our own faith. I don't know about you, but I just want want to keep hold of that humility before the king and say, Jesus, I adore you. I want to get down because you are just amazing. This is just incredible. See, Jesus, he is our adoration. They fell to the ground. And it wasn't just a casual fall. This was a moment. This was like probably the most... I want you to think about this for a moment. These people were established, socially elite, incredible people. This was probably the type of thing that most people would have seen them do and just been like, they have lost their mind. This person, they, you need to send them somewhere. They need help because of the way they're acting right now. This is exactly how we're supposed to act. This is exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come into church and be like, oh my gosh, I get to worship Jesus today. My adoration. But instead we just thought, oh yeah. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of worship. Four songs. Yeah, Jill will do a little tag on the end. It'll be great. <laughs> Maddie will get up there. You know, he'll do his thing. He'll welcome people. He'll be, you know, he'll pray for people. You know, I always love it when he does that. It's cool. You know, and then, well, then he'll go on and preach a message. Message is always really good. In fact, it's awesome. And... Um, <laughs> Jesus is our adoration. We're supposed to get excited, come into church. Oh my gosh. And in our spirit, in our hearts, we should just drop to the ground and just be like, whoa, what just happened when I walked into this room? So number one, Jesus needs to be our adoration. They adored, they worshipped, they marveled, they descended to the lower place, they lifted high Jesus, they lowered themselves and they lifted him up. See, I'm inspired by the text today to do the very same in my life. And I want to encourage you to join me because this is how we're supposed to live our lives. And I love it that foreign kings are teaching me that today. I love that people that aren't like me are teaching, that, teaching me that today. The, the people of God aren't teaching me that. The, the people that they weren't the people of God. Because Jesus is someone who in my life and in your life needs to be lifted high in adoration. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, Jesus is our treasure. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country. Scholars believe they did more than what they expected they would do. See, what happened was when they saw Jesus, they kind of lost it. And um, when you study this, you'll understand that like when these type of journeys would happen, these people, because they were established people and they, they carried, um, they probably had like a team of people with them. And they would have had one person that was in charge of the money, sort of like the treasurer, the person that would take care of, you know, the CFO, the accountant, the person that, you know, does QuickBooks for them. And... <laughs> So they're rolling along and they've got their provisions for the journey. 
And this person, their, their only job was to look after the provisions and make sure they had enough to not only get to where they were going, but also all the way home. And it says right here that they opened up their treasures. And many scholars believe that as in that moment, when they dropped to the ground and they fell and it was just like this incredible, wow, adoration moment, the very next thing they did after they worshipped extravagantly was they gave generously. See, I don't know about you, but this is a pattern, this is a pattern that I want to form in my own life. Extravagant worship, but, but, but radical generosity to the extent where they would have said to that, that person that was looking after all the money, get the whole thing. Open it up, bust open that chest, whatever we've got, it's got to come in, we've got to give it to Jesus. See, Jesus, he's meant to be our treasure. Yes, your finances, but also the treasure of your heart. The treasure of who you really are. I love that, that with these kings, that it wasn't just external treasure, it was internal treasure too. In verse 10, when they saw the star, look at it. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It's like a double down joy right there. <laughs> exceedingly with great joy. In the Amplified, it says, when they saw the star, they were thrilled with ecstatic joy. What is joy? Joy is like happiness with purpose. It goes deeper. See, Jesus, for you and for me, friends, he's meant to get the very best of our treasure, both on the inside, but also on the outside. See, they're tethered together. It's this beautiful thing that we can, we can have in our own lives. But this is exactly what these wise kings did. They had provisions for their journey. But when they saw Jesus, when they encountered Jesus, when they, when they, when they came into contact with Jesus, they saw nothing but Jesus. Their temporal situation, their wealth, their status, the things that probably created the foundation of their lives, that they're essentially, let me say it this way, their security up until that point now seemed worthless to them. And I wonder today, friend, what is getting in between you and Jesus? What, what material thing, what, 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 what treasure, what, what, what thing are you holding on to that is between you and the king? Because these wise kings, they were like, man, just give it all to them. I, like, this is, this is too big a deal. I'm not getting anywhere near that anymore. This is, I'm too focused on Jesus. Yeah. See, Jesus is our treasure. And we can't let anything hold us back from worshiping the king. From no treasure, no nothing. No, nothing will ever compare our material possessions to the goodness of God which is personified in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is our adoration. Jesus is well and truly our treasure. And we should exchange our earthly things for the person of Jesus in our own lives. And number three, he's our adoration, he's our treasure. But number three, Jesus is our king. See, there's three kings in this passage. There's King Herod. And he was kind of like this self-imposed character and you study him, he was an awful person, an awful king, to the extent where he would hear people, you know, just murmur things near his table and he would, he would have them put to death. He was just an awful person, but that was one king. Then there was the wise kings, but in this whole scenario, there was only one real king, Jesus. Why? Because all the others had become king, but Jesus was born king. 
to the other kings, they'd become kings. They'd kind of worked into that place, whether it was through you know, DNA or pedigree or status or election. But see, Jesus is not like that. Jesus was born king. Verse 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, before wise men, behold, the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Look at what they say. They say, where is he who has been born king? Born king of the Jews, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. See, the thing about kings is this, is there is only one king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And there, are, there may be many earthly kings, many structures that are put in place. And we see that right here in this passage, that there are kings. There are kings that exist. There are kings that exist today, but there is only one real king. The one that was born king. See, he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. I love these words that declare kings, majesty, splendor, glory. Jesus was born the king. He is our king. And I know this because in Revelation chapter 19, it says this. I want to read it. So you've got to understand as well when you read Revelation that it's not revelation of end times, okay? It's not revelation of like a spooky time that's going to happen. It says in Revelation 1.1, it's the revelation of who? Jesus Christ, okay? But this is what it says in Revelation 19. It says, then I saw heaven open wide and oh, a white horse and its rider. The rider named Faithful and True judges and makes war in pure righteousness. His eyes are a blaze of fire and on his head many crowns. He has a name inscribed that's known only to himself. He is dressed in a robe soaked with blood and he is addressed as word of God. The armies of heaven mounted on white horses and dressed in dazzling white linen, they follow him. A sharp sword comes out of his mouth so he can subdue the nations, then rule them with a rod of iron. But look at this. He treads the winepress of the raging wrath of God, the sovereign strong, and on his robe and thigh is written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So here we see wise kings going to see a child. But what they were really going to see is the King of Kings. So on one hand, yes, Jesus is our adoration. Yes, he's our treasure. But we've got to ultimately understand that he is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. There is nothing above Jesus. There is nothing that can surpass Jesus. There's nothing that can go over Jesus. He is at the top and we are below. And I don't know about you today, but I am grateful for that. I'm thankful that the gospel is not dependent on me. It's not dependent on this church or this platform or the people that are around me. Can I encourage you today, friends, that you serve a Jesus who loves you, but he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. You're gonna go straight to the top when you serve Jesus and put your faith in him. It's powerful. And it's an amazing thing to declare right here, right now, Sunday morning, Christmas time. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.